We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all the things going down in Manhattan. The latest news, top stories, and insider perspectives to keep you in the know. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by Holiday Distillery and their vast assortment of spirits. And now, the latest episode of Three Maw. Welcome into another Three Maw pod. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young and Cole Manbeck, all of us back together here for this episode, which calls for some Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon or some 360 vodka, of course, brought to you by Holiday Distillery. Make sure you raise a glass to Holiday Distillery. Great K-State folks who help support our podcast. And check it out. If you are more of the bourbon guy, get the Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon, which we've had excellent reviews on, or 360 Vodka, if that is more your speed. They've got you covered either way. So celebrate the cats, pregame the cats, whatever it is that you're doing, make sure you're doing it with Holiday Distillery. A lot of celebrate right now in K-State basketball world as uh, the Wildcats win two games last week. They knock off Baylor at home and then go on the road and beat Oklahoma State in what was uh, a pretty gritty win for this team down by eight in the second half just found a way to keep chipping away didn't let the game get away from them and then made all the plays necessary down the stretch to go get a a big time road win another quad one win for this team to go win in the house of a team that was really desperate to make the ncaa tournament uh in in oklahoma state so i I guess we'll start with you dy i mean i know you being there and covering this team probably have a better sense for all of this but i to me, this felt like the, the last week the team did a lot of growing because, one, they beat Baylor in a way that was different than the way they had beaten those top teams on their schedule earlier, which was not just bombing threes and being red hot, having Marquise going for 35 and Keontae going for 28. It was not that, right? It was a different kind of game when Marquise wasn't getting the outside shot to fall. And then on the road, I mean, it had been over a month since we had seen them, really almost two months since we had seen them win a Big 12 road game. And they got it done, tough place to play, tough opponent, and had to grind it out. So I just think we've seen a lot of growth out of this team with the way they won each of the last two. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and surprisingly, um, or maybe not surprisingly, because maybe we, we criticized it probably too much just because uh, the lack of efficiency in those areas were probably a product of 
poor defensive rebounding at times in the live ball turnovers, but the defense has probably grown the most over the last few weeks. And if you look at Ken Palm, uh, Kansas State's actually like a top 30, top 25 defense, and their offense is what's like in the top 60. So they have a better defense than an offense right now. Um, but you were right about how they defeated those, uh, you know, the Texas and Baylors of the world in the early goings of the season, uh, even even the Kansas game at home, I believe. But the defense has come a long way. Uh, they're, they're really getting after it. I know Oklahoma State had a lot of open books on Saturday. Some of those are by design, though. I think folks need to remember that uh, the Oklahoma State's one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the Big 12. So when they get an open look, and they miss it. It's not just luck. A lot of the time, it's typically by design because they haven't made those for for much of the year. And you'd rather give that up, even though it's a three. You'd rather probably give that up when you're playing Oklahoma State, not really anyone else, um, than allowing them to attack the basket. Um, that's why you know I've kind of chatted with some people about it. But the Monday night game when Oklahoma State plays Baylor. Uh, Baylor allows a lot at the rim. Um, I think that's a really good matchup for Oklahoma State. And the spot that both are in, you kind of kind of like the Cowboys a little bit, especially with Keontae George not playing. But yeah, Kansas State scored a lot mainly on defense. Uh, really, not necessarily a magic number, but a key number is three. You get three road wins in the Big Twelve, and since you were ranked number twelve by the selection committee in their bracket reveal a couple of weeks ago, you added three more quad wins over Iowa State, Baylor. In Oklahoma State, and I guess that's one more point I want to make. Maybe we don't have to go on a tangent, but I don't know what purpose that bracket reveal serves if you only do it one time and you do it like three or four weeks before the actual bracket. I just, I guess that seems confusing. To me. Well, I think it's the same reason that we get like the college football playoff mm-hmm. selection show every single week, just to try to create conversation and make it a, you know, I know in the college football playoff thing, it's more of a TV event. I guess, are you saying you you prefer them go that route? Like, do it every single week? It'd be better than doing it one time because it's not necessarily accurate anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. By the way, just, Cole, sorry to jump in here, but just for D.Y., to your point, they're 14th right now in Ken Palm defensive efficiency and 57th in offensive efficiency. So, yeah, just to, to further that point, Cole, you can go ahead. On the on the bracket reel stuff, I always thought it would have been interesting. They, they only do the top four seeds in each region. I always thought... It would be nice for those bubble teams to know where they stand, and but also I understand that Turner Sports and CBS wouldn't want to take any of the drama out of Selection Sunday and, and revealing that. But uh, you know, I always thought it would be a, a good thing to to know where you stand if you're a bubble team in mid February and what you might need to do based on how the committee views you. But uh, that's a, a different subject. You know, when you look at the K State Oklahoma State game, John, you mentioned it in your intro, but you know. Oklahoma State goes on that run to get out to 53 to 45 and that's where the games have slipped away from K-State on the road they just it was a snowball effect in a lot of these road games over the last few weeks and they weren't able to stop the bleeding uh, but against Oklahoma State they were and they got a layup from Ish Masood to get it to 53 to 47 then they got a Gasson layup to cut it to four Jerome Tang picks up the technical on that play then OSU hits two free throws and K-State outscores them 24 to 13 the rest of the way uh, after the technical foul by Jerome Tang because let's be frank K-State was not getting a good whistle in the second half a lot of ticky-tack calls on one end not being called consistently on the other end and felt like they let K-State play a little bit more defensively after he got that technical but K-State took it from 53 to 45 to eventually 65 to 60 in advantage of the Wildcats which was a 20 to 7 run 
Uh, and just credit to them for for not folding when they got down by eight there and, and pushing back and taking the lead and then closing that one out uh, with some huge plays down the stretch. Desi Sills made a huge bucket with a second left on the shot clock on an inbounds play. Just a really tough physical finish by Sills. Uh, K-State's big-time players stepped up and, and made big plays and big moments and uh, a really nice road win. You know, winning at Oklahoma State, like you mentioned, a team that was desperate for the NCAA tournament, had lost three in a row, two of them in blowout fashion on their home court. You expected the Cowboys to bounce back and be hungry, and I certainly think they were, but K-State just outplayed them and was the tougher team down the stretch and collects another quad one victory to the resume. And I think one of the significant things of this win, guys, is just getting the monkey off your back on the road away from home that had started to build over the last few weeks they'd lost five in a row on the road ncaa tournament's not going to be played on your home floor right so from a confidence standpoint i think it's important to collect a win away from road and you know not go into the ncaa tournament having lost six or seven in a row away from home completely agree and when you talk about growth and maturation of the team i think that's that's definitely under that umbrella right is being able to go do that i think my my hope before that was like all right even if they lose these last two road games Yes, they won't be playing at home, but also in the NCAA tournament, it's not going to be these teams that just know you hyper well, like everybody in the league does. So that'll hopefully that'll offset it, and then it's a neutral environment. So you know, maybe you're playing somewhere else with fans. I was trying to talk myself into it, but seeing them do that, down eight in the second half, find a way to make plays and win, uh, gives me a lot of confidence. Gives me a lot of confidence moving forward. A couple of things that you said, Cole, I wanted to address there: the inbounds play that you mentioned, where they got Desi a basket. How many times has that worked this year? I mean, it, it feels like I kind of knew, like, I was like, all right, well, they're probably going to try and slip that guy in. I mean, that's kind of the go-to, like, inbounds play, and yet it, it still works. Uh, they're still able to get people with it. And then the technical, I believe it was 24-13, to 13, K-State after the technical, uh, which Jerome Tang pointed out in, in both his post-game radio interview and the post-game press conference. The only other time he's gotten one was in Lawrence, right? Wasn't it in, in Lawrence that he picked up a tee? Yeah, he did, but he also got one in the non-con. Oh, okay. Well, the, the of the two that have happened in conference play here, I felt like both actually had a positive effect on the on the officiating crew. I mean, I know they lost the game in Lawrence, but I it seemed like it really stemmed the tide on on things getting too out of control and a little little too crazy there. So I don't know. We're just picking up little coaching tidbits here of Tang's development as a, a head coach. Maybe it's not saying development to to go back to the well on the inbounds play, but. They've got one that works and uh, continue to execute it and use it well. And I would, I can almost guarantee you we'll see that in the NCAA tournament at some point beat somebody. Uh, and that he seems to have a pretty good feel for for when to get that technical. Um, not really from the, hey, I need to fire up my team standpoint, but from a, I need to actually change the whistle here. And like, I, I'm not trying to do the Bruce Weber comparison thing here, but it never felt to me like he had a very good pulse on that or getting anything to change with an officiating crew. These, these are just things that I like seeing. Uh, from Jerome Tang, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, I would share the same sentiment. It, it's interesting. Maybe it's just how impressive that it is in the way that it is drawn up or the fact that Desi Souls is just really, really fast. And if you want to beat a guy to the ball, he's probably going to do it. But it is impressive to me that, I mean, at this point, teams are, pre when they prep for Kansas State, they're practicing that. Like, that inbounds play that worked against Oklahoma State. And it's like you said, it's, it seems like it's worked almost every time. I'm sure it's not the same exact play every time, but getting a free runner to the basket for, you know, a lightly contested layup each time on in, inbounds plays is pretty impressive when you know the other team has probably been preparing for that 
that's one of probably the top five things that they they're coaching up and preparing for in the two or three days leading up to that specific contest and it's still working so um it's probably credit to the scheme there of course but also depending on which guy you're going to use in that role and i thought desi Sills was probably a perfect idea just because of his speed to the ball i'm not sure there's a faster player in the country i've said this often um with the ball in their hands either i mean desi Sills on a fast break uh he might miss uh he might not get the foul call but he's getting to the basket if he's on a fast break there's really no stopping him when he's getting downhill at full speed and there's not a defense that that can stop it uh maybe you try to foul him and hope they don't call a whistle. I think that's the best defense for it. In terms of the technicals, I also wanted to say that it's interesting. I know he's never been a, a college head coach, but he's been a head coach in other instances. I think he was uh, an interim head coach for Scott Drew two times. I think he's coached in, in other leagues as well in the offseason, uh, like internationally. But Jerome taking zero technical fouls, or one technical foul, I think, before this year. Now he's got three in his first year as head coach. So I think that's interesting. The inbounds play to to Desi was just a huge moment in the game. K-State was up three. There were two minutes left, and to get that bucket with a second left on the shot clock was terrific. They ran that play to Desi and Keontae the most, where they let Keontae out muscle as well. You know, you recall the Baylor game in Waco when they were up one. They ran a similar play where Desi inbounded it to Keontae, got a layup with the shot clock running down uh, to get up three with about a minute left in that game. So, They've just been terrific at those under-the-basket timeouts. And one thing I just want to say about Desi, you talked about him, D.Y. He's become one of my favorite players in a long time, honestly, you know, because he just plays so hard. You know, he's he's always bringing energy out there. He does a lot of the little things. Uh, when you watch him play defense, he gets low on a stance, and they switch a lot on defense. And Desi ends up on posts, on bigs, a lot. And he's able to hold his own, get low, and muscle up against those guys. And so he's just so tough, hard-nosed competitor that does a lot of the little things that maybe don't show up on the box score at the end of the game, but uh, just love his competitive nature and what he brings to the table and his ability to finish and get to the basket. So want to highlight him because as we approach Senior Day on Wednesday night against Oklahoma, that's just another guy that uh, you're really going to miss watching, uh, only getting him one year, but uh, what a heck of an addition to this team and what he's brought to the table. When I think of Desi Sills, unfortunately, too, I also think of that that uh, uncontested layup in the final minutes that he com- completely botched as well. That was really the only blemish on his day where he blew, blew that layup and then they got fouled on the other end. And I was like, before that, I thought Kansas State was pulling away. And then they got a little, little nerve-wracking there for probably 30 to 40 seconds of game time because of that sequence. Um, he had been perfect, uh, you know, aside from that. I, I think of Desi Sills as, you know, two plays that really highlight his career at K-State are the play against Wichita State when he sprints down the court with a minute and a half left and blocks that shot, and then against Iowa State on the inbounds play when they have a layup and he sprints down and blocks that shot. I mean, I think that really describes just how hard he plays. He never gives up on a play, and I just really respect and appreciate the heck out of him. A guy without the skill that does similar things is Tyke Green. He had that big play right before halftime. Yeah, that, that was it. That was a huge play. Shout out to Tyke for that. He's he's found his way to contribute in some moments here. Obviously, the TCU game stands out the most, but he's fine. He's found a way. Cole, I'm just impressed that you remember anything from the Wichita State game. I don't. I wasn't even paying attention to that game in your hotel room. We just won the Big 12 championship. I didn't really care about a basketball game against Wichita State. Yeah, but aren't you glad you got that one now? And the because uh, that would have been a uh, 
quad, almost a quad three loss. Yeah. So, but yeah. like oh, being quad one, right? What's that? Well, they go almost back to being a quad one loss. Yeah, for a road for the road game, it's a quad one. Yeah, they're 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 sixty fifth in the net now, so top seventy five on the road would be quad one. Um, so they're uh, they're back to quad one, and they'll be a quad two win for K State if they defeat them at home. Okay. Boomer. Um, before we talk about Oklahoma just a bit, I I, I want to frame it like this, kind of what I said at the beginning, the evolution of this team. Is it fair of me to say, like one that this team seems to be playing close to its best basketball of the year heading into the postseason, which is exactly what we wanted. I think the best version of this team obviously was in Waco and Austin. I just don't know if that's redoable. I mean, that seemed kind of like a shooting star sort of a thing, but I I would pose it like this. K-State seems to have added some extra tools to their arsenal where like, all right, we've seen them be able to win like that. If they get totally scorching hot, they could be like a Final Four team, but now we're seeing them be able to grind it out, play a little better defense, be a more balanced kind of attack. Uh, than what they were before. So they have more ways to win, more experience winning in different ways here recently, which is going to help uh, pay dividends when when tourney time comes around. And it should just make you feel a lot better than even if they had just gotten completely red hot again here for like a two-game stretch. I don't, In a way, this almost makes me feel better as sexy as that looked when they were playing at that sort of level because I'm like, look, they've, they've kind of figured it out. They've figured out different ways that they don't have to be just a one-trick pony if they're going to win games against good teams. Yeah, Colin, I'm not a one-trick pony, um, and that evolution throughout this latter half of the season, I would agree that that's probably the way to depict it. I would say close to their best basketball, you know, I don't know. I would say they're playing their best defensive basketball of the year. I think I, I think that's the way I would describe it. Um, offensively, um, they're cracking out their shell a little bit, um, but that, I still think there's a wide departure from where they are now from when they were playing their best offensive basketball, but I think they're back on the upward trajectory, and that's reassuring. Um, defensively, I, play, I think they're playing their best basketball of the year. Yeah, you know, they shot 49% against Oklahoma State. Now, that was a defense that was uh, starting to reel a little bit here down the stretch, but that was also the fourth-best shooting performance against the Cowboys on the entire season, which is a top-10 defense in Ken Palm. Heading into that game, now they're number 12, so I thought K-State, Move the ball well. That's back-to-back games where offensively they were pretty darn good against Baylor and Oklahoma State. But to DY's point, like the defense has been terrific over the last three games. You look at the second half of that Iowa State game on down to what they did against Baylor and then against Oklahoma State, and the defense is really playing well. And uh, it's a big credit to them. And yeah, I think one thing I take away from this, John, is winning these last three games. I kind of, I really do think it was legs when you look at Texas Tech and Oklahoma at this point, right? Because Jerome Tang gave them a couple days off, and now look at what they've done since they started to rest these guys more, and they just look refreshed and energized. And so it makes me feel like they found the formula to what the the right balance is that they need, and that this is the true team that we've seen most of the season. Uh, this is who they are, and just that rough stretch was more an indictment of the grind of the Big 12 play and just pushing it a little too hard. Absolutely. I've wrote, I've wrote about it for the last 10 days, I think, uh, probably four or five different sides. The biggest difference maker of the season was the coaching staff coming to the realization, uh, making the tough self-assessment that they needed to let off the gas a little bit when it came to their approach to their players. Yeah, it was it was interesting. When I, yes, shameless plug, when I had Tang on, uh, on 610 the other day, 
talking to him about that, he, he said like, yeah, like, look, honestly, that's, that's a lesson that I had to learn as a coach this year, because I see all these mistakes that we make in my initial knee jerk reaction as a head coach is like, all right, well, we need more practice time to get in and work on X, Y, and Z, all these little things when really that wasn't going to be the most productive thing. And yeah. Hey, if it took the losses to tech in Oklahoma to learn that, I mean, that's, it is what it is, right? You're going to have some of that first year head coach sucks that it maybe knocked you out of the conference title race there. But I mean, you just want to be playing well at March. Like that's, that's what we're going to remember is a, is a March run here. Uh, so all is well that ends well. And if they really have figured out the formula, I'm, I'm completely on board here. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Heading forward into a kind of revenge spot against Oklahoma. The Sooners, by the way, you guys watch what Oklahoma did on Saturday? The, what the hell's going on in Ames, man? What is what is happening there? I thought, I thought Cyclone Larry told me that K-State was the team that was going to fade in the second half of the season, man. I don't know what's, what's happening to what's happening. Cole. What's your clones? What's, what's going on there? Well, you know, I think they're, they're really struggling. I think that's uh, they've lost seven of their last nine games overall. Because they don't really have very much talent? Is that, is that what it is? I, I mean, I do, I do think they lack a little bit of uh, high-end talent. I was always a bit mesmerized and perplexed how they were doing what they were doing, which is a credit you mean, to you, you mean when your best player just relies on a 19-foot uh, long two, it's maybe not the best yeah. strategy? That, that's the thing that I've always said drives me nuts about their system is under Otzelberger, and he's a good coach, don't get me wrong, but their offensive strategy, just so many long twos that they take. They they run all of those screens and rolls up at the top of the key and shoot you know 18 to 20 footers, and they did it with Brockington last year as well, and they just they got away with it a lot because credit to him, he made a lot of those shots, but it's the, one of the worst shots you can take. And Coucher's cooled off, and yeah, Iowa State's really really scuffling here as they go down the stretch run and uh, they desperately need a win against West Virginia here on Monday night to uh, to right the ship on their home court. 
because they go to Baylor to close out the season. It's starting to become a trend, though, for uh, Otzelberger two years now where uh, they get off to great starts, but they they really skid down the stretch. It's uh, Oklahoma's second road game in a row of two, and Jerome Tank kind of brought this up a week or two ago, and it's been right 90% of the time. I think only two teams, and it's K-State and KU, have won that second road game. After after that first one, when they have two consecutive ones, so this will this this will test Oklahoma um, after that win over Iowa State. So, yeah, I, the way I look at betting, it's about five different ways. If if a team emotionally and psychologically, the spot um, injuries and all that, there's a lot that that would favor Kansas State putting a hurt on the Sooners on, on Wednesday night. And I hope I'm not jinxing that, of course, but. There's a lot going in Kansas State's direction added into this particular game. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And that, that was going to be my question about Oklahoma. Like, am I wrong to be pretty much writing this off? Like, just completely overconfident about this game? I mean, I, I just, senior night, this team seems to have figured it out. They're playing at home, which is just not really been a problem against basically anybody, you know, outside of a, I mean, they blew a 14 point lead to Texas, but they also had a 14 point lead against Texas. Uh, yeah. Am I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to come up with reasons to, uh, to worry too much, especially with the hindsight that we're armed with now about what had happened in Norman with the legs. I mean, it doesn't matter what, but how we approach it, right. It, it depends on how they approach it. Um, you saying writing it off made me quiver a little bit. I'm not going to lie because I, I don't, I don't know that you can necessarily write right right off was just probably the word usage there, of course. But uh, I mean, every team in the Big Twelve can still test you on any given night. But there is just the spot in general. It's a bad one for Oklahoma. It's a good one for Kansas State. They're playing their best defensive basketball, and you're going to need that when you're defending Sherfield, of course. Um, Groves was a problem for them in the first meeting as well, even though he's been, yeah, I guess he's impressed me a little bit less this year but Oklahoma aside from a contest here and there um I give it everybody basically a dogfight in every contest regardless if it's home or away I like you said um they gave Texas everything that they wanted in Austin um they you know Jared Sutton called Alabama the best team in the country on paper and you know on the court both and Oklahoma blasted them by 30 so writing it off that's probably too strong for me but uh everything specifically this spot here would lend itself to K-State in a significant fashion. So a few things here. Uh, first of all, Oklahoma coming to Manhattan for senior day again reminds me of 2018-19 when the Big 12 championship was on the line. Obviously, it's not on the line here, but this is the last home game for a fantastic senior class on what has been just a tremendous season. I mean, you could argue it's better than the Big 12 championship season. I mean, K-State's a top-10 team. Arguably, they're going to be on the two-seed line potentially if they win one or two more games. And so it should be an absolutely fantastic crowd. That atmosphere in 2019 against OU was terrific when they won the Big 12 championship. And if you look at the secondary market on StubHub, there's there's hardly anything out there. It's sold out through K-State, so it's going to be a hard ticket to grab. On the actual court, look, Oklahoma is number 52 in Ken Paul. They're number 65 in the net. I know they're 4-14 four and 14 in the Big 12, but if they beat K-State and then they close out the season finale against TCU and Norman with wins, and they're 6-12 and 12 in the league, they're 16-15 and 15 overall, they're probably top 55 in the net. They have five quad one wins right now. They could get to seven quad one wins with those two, 
uh, and then have 10 quad one and quad two wins together and a win in KC to get to 17 and 15 and then finishing potentially 17 and 16. Like you can make an argument that OU thinks that they still have a shot at the tournament at that point. So they're going to come in hungry, but it's a revenge spot for K-State. And I, I think ultimately, you know, having lost the game in Norman, the way K-State's playing right now, I think they'll win. But OU, like DY said, has hung around in a lot of games. We talked about at KU when they were up 10 with five minutes left. They lost to Texas just two weeks ago in Austin in overtime. Uh, they were within three or four of Baylor with five minutes left in Waco just a couple weeks ago and obviously just won in Iowa State and beat Alabama by 24. So this out, this Oklahoma team has the potential to really give you a run uh, if you don't play great. So that you, you got to be completely locked in for this one. You got to play well to beat them, but they're a pain in the ass. Okay, fair enough. My fault. Sorry, Coach Tang. I'll uh, I'll, I'll refocus a little bit here. Not not as fast as Oklahoma. Can. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like th- this is a part of the problem with the Big Twelve. Like you have so many big games and games that you get up for and get excited for that. I I look at this last week and I'm kind of like, all right, like Oklahoma at home at West Virginia. You, you know that you have the Big 12 tournament coming up. You know that you have the NCAA tournament coming up. So with both of those, like, on the horizon, it just, it's 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 like a trap two games here, for me as a fan at least, where I'm like, you know, every single game felt like there's been so much on the line and, you know, bragging rights, rooting interests, top 10 teams, all that stuff, and, and you just don't have as much of it this week. So yeah, be that's, yes, and see if they can handle that. That's the problem in the Big 12. Like, you you look where teams are placed in the Big 12, you're like, all right, yeah, well, Got, they've got the you know ninth or tenth best team in Oklahoma, whereas the ninth or tenth best team in Oklahoma, you put them in any other league and they're in the top half. Uh, that's what's funny. So you're like, oh, we can take a deep breath. We're playing the number 52 team in Ken Palm in America, which would be probably the third or fourth best team in the ACC or Pac-12. I ran the numbers just recently. So, yeah. I was just about to say, like, if you were playing ACC basketball, this would be your your tough week. Like, all right, boys, let's go to war. We've got the, the number 55 team coming in. Let's, let's go do this. No more messing around on the 200s. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the exciting part here, I mean, like you guys mentioned, I mean, K-State may be in line for a two-seat as of right now if, if things go well this week, and then I guess we'll see what happens in, in Kansas City. But, man, over the moon, over the moon about where things are at right now, and I think we're in for uh, a, a wild and fun uh, march coming up here, and we're about to hit that. Where's Where's John Rothstein when I need him? We're about to hit that on the calendar. We are about to hit good old March on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. We we sleep in May, boys. We sleep in May here on the Three Mod Pot. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today. Appreciate Jordan Foot behind the scenes as always. Uh, thank you to Holiday Distillery as well. Make sure you get your Ben Holiday bottle and bond bourbon, your three sixty vodka. Check all of that out. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy Cab basketball this week. Thanks for listening to another three. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.